the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Well, good morning to you. How are you? It's a Thursday. We're one day closer to a three-day weekend. And I got to tell you, I'm waiting, not very patiently, in fact. I'm waiting for this three-day weekend. I am anticipating it, you know, with with just jittering legs. I think I've gotten four hours of sleep a night all week, and I'm just I'm gonna sleep my way through these three days. That's what I I was telling uh, Linda. I was talking to her last night, and I said I'm gonna sleep in late each day, and then I'm going to take about a two hour nap every day. You know, that's <laughs> that's, that's kind of what I'm looking forward to for my Fourth of July off time which is cool that other voice you hear mark is here with me today sitting in studio ready to unleash (laughs) i mean i'm gonna tell you here's what he said to me heidi he sits down right number one he says i can't wait for the coffee to be ready uh but the the second thing he said was i'll try not to get too overzealous basically on the uh the roe v wade uh, oh, tattletale on me to the whole world. Decision, <laughs> because I don't want to set off all my co-workers. Your co-workers yeah. listen to the show? That's good. I'm glad yeah, to hear it. A few of them do. Yeah. No, that's good. I'm glad that they, yeah. I'm glad they listen. Yeah. That makes me feel good that they do that. How, how are things at, at uh, UALR? I've heard that that uh, student uh, students are down. Is that true? Uh, they were, but that's because it, it was during uh, the pandemic and everything. Our our online university numbers actually went up, obviously, because everybody was okay. uh, remoting in. Uh, but our enrollment numbers uh, for the upcoming fall semester actually are up. So it just Good. means that uh, business is healing. People are students anyway are, are leaving their house and going back to uh, classes on campus, which is good. You know, the okay, so there are, are how many people that you know now have redon their masks because they think that the secondary pandemic is beginning now there are a couple people that i have seen on campus and that's the thing is i might see one person a day on campus still wearing a mask but it's voluntary and if they want to wear a mask that's their decision for their health but they can't force anybody else to wear a mask and the the funny thing is the most some of the most uh enthusiastic mask people you know they were still yelling at anybody who took their mask off when they went to the bathroom you know every day but uh the next day after you know everyone said you don't have to wear masks anymore oh, they just took their mask off threw them away and never put them back on again they were just kind of in it to yell at people you know without uh, don't you don't you love the people who are screaming about the roe v wade decision Oh, yeah, you know, right. it's uh, my body, my body, my, my my uterus or whatever that they're saying. My body, my choice. But yeah. you know, I spent the last two years yelling at everybody and forced them to put get Pfizer vaccines. Yeah, put, put on your masks. mask on. Yeah. yeah. It, it only on. works if we all do it. Yeah. Yeah. yeah there you go. <laughs> I, you know, 
I don't, and here's the key, I don't think they realize their own hypocrisy. Oh, no, it just goes like in one ear, out the other. They just don't understand. Well, I was, they say things like false equivalency. It's not the same. You know? Oh, yeah. Yeah, to you, yeah. that's the way you say. Uh, I was sitting down. I, I, I get here early. Um, I get I get here about 25 after uh, after 5, ready to get on the air, and I've already watched two hours almost of, of Fox News and and early friends and all of that mm-hmm. stuff and a lot of the repeat of Cudrow from yesterday. But uh, I was just sitting down there, and I Ben Shapiro had sent out a tweet, and I was looking at it, and then I just started rolling through some of the stuff that he had posted, listening to these people on college campuses taking him on mm-hmm. and saying, well, I can't repeat some of it, all right, because it's really nasty stuff. Yeah. They attack him. They don't. Oh, yeah. They don't want to talk to him. They want to attack him. Mm-hmm. And I'm sitting there, kind of flipping through and looking at that. And I wonder how Ben puts up with it. To be honest, I mean, he's he's been doing this for so long. I'm sure he's used to it. He's yeah, probably he's heard probably every not, insult they've. Yeah, got, he probably know. hasn't not hearing anything that's not been said already. But still, you know, if, if you're on the left. You know, facts do matter. I know that you don't think that, but yeah. facts do matter. Yeah. And uh, your facts... Not to my truth. <laughs> yeah, right? yeah, my truth or my feelings. Yeah. I, you've seen my... I know, yeah, I, I think wear. last time I was on here, you went on your, your yeah. My Truth rant about how BS yeah, that is. Yeah, yeah. You're, yeah, that is just, yeah, your feelings do not negate my truth. Uh, you know, my facts, not truth. It's not my truth. It is the truth. There is absolute truth out there. If you don't believe that, you're going to be you're going to have a rough life. Yeah, I mean, for people who like to bandy around the science, the science, and you know, it's like, oh, Neil deGrasse Tyson says the science says this, so it's fact. They also love to do a lot of like objectivism, <laughs> you know, like, well, you know, there's shades of gray, and my truth says this, so you know, yeah, you're my not, truth, yeah. We used to just call that opinion. Yeah, right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, that's what we we used to call it. By the way, I wanted to tell you, I went and saw, I went and saw the uh, that new movie, uh, the Black Phone. Oh yeah, I heard about it. I haven't seen it yet. It's pretty good until you get to the. They did really good. They kept the woke stuff out. Yeah. Okay, until the very end of the movie. I could not believe you had to, you get to the very end of the movie and uh, it's about. A teenager and his sister, okay, and they, they, they can see into the future a little bit and things of that nature. But um, the sister is finally figures out where the bad guy has um, played by Ethan Hawke, which is a great role for him. Oh, yeah. uh, has taken him, and she knows where he's at. She shows up in the cop car. Cops bring her out there, and she gets out, and she's got a coat on, and the front of it is a rainbow yeah of course yeah and i'm going they can't help themselves yeah they really can't no. <laughs> they can't go 90 minutes in fact i don't even think that movie's 90 minutes long i don't know if you've seen it but disney put out a commercial it's i don't know if it's on the disney channel because i don't have cable but it's on all this like on the all the social media as a pop-up it's baymax from big hero 6 helping a trans woman uh find uh period medication yeah yeah, uh, that's what Disney's promoting. Uh, so it, it's it's in everything from everyone, from every network. Even if it only shows up for like uh, five seconds at the end of a movie, they just got to get that subliminal message out there somewhere. Yeah, they got it. And, and they told us it was coming. 
Yeah. I mean, the the head of programming, who I think that is Walt Disney's great-great-granddaughter, if I'm not mistaken, yeah. said that 50% of their characters are going to be LGBTQ+. Well, that, yeah, I mean, that, this, they've plus. Been, they dedicated themselves to it, and they've been doing it for plus. Let me let me, yeah. let me plus. remind Plus, okay, which means mm. there is no end in sight. That's yeah. what that means. Yeah, right. How many flags have they got so far? You know? Yeah, it's crazy. Yeah. But I mean, New just seriously. And and the day that she made that announcement, I canceled Disney. I don't I don't subscribe to it any longer. And they asked me when I called in. They said, "Can you? Would you tell us why you're unsubscribing?" I said, "Yeah, I don't. I'm not going to put up with this philosophy you all are pushing on well, my grandkids." Well, you'll notice that when they put that stuff into their movies um, and their TV shows specifically, they always put it in a way where it can be easily removed for China. Because oh, yeah. they, they put, you know, this this big self-righteous, you know, spiel about how they're there for LGBTQ plus rights, you know, and how they support that community. And, yeah, June is... Like is, in a new Lightyear movie. Yeah. Kiss with the two but women. But watch it. It's it's cut in a way that the scene changes to her going into a room, and then she kisses her wife, and then the scene changes to the outside of the room. So it can be easily removed from the film for China and other overseas office, like audiences that won't allow that stuff. Because Disney still wants their money. Disney doesn't really care about these issues no. they just they they know that they can monetize it <laughs> yeah because if they if they really cared about the issue they would leave it in mm-hmm. but they're not going to you're yeah. right they won't they won't leave it in because they want it in all those thousands of theaters in china yeah, it's the same with all their uh, their cartoons, you know, where they they'll have like characters who have like two moms or two dads, but one will look very masculine, one will look very feminine. So in the overseas versions, they just add eyelashes to the feminine looking one, or take the eyelashes away from the masculine looking one, so it can be a man and a woman in the foreign language dubs, or they just you know cut the scenes entirely. But they always do it in a way where it can be very easily and cheaply changed for the foreign markets. So they can still get that money. They don't care. They really don't. <laughs> and the left doesn't care. Oh, See, it's, they don't, don't it's care. all monetized. Sure. They're, and they're getting money. Wouldn't surprise me if there's not some kind of grant money or something oh, from yeah. Disney they, they get somehow. Or, you know, they hand them $100,000 here and there and oh, say, sure. go out there and cause some problems. Yeah, make a commercial starring your big hero six characters helping a trans woman <laughs> find uh, period medication. Yeah. Which was not a bad movie, Big I Hero Six. Big Hero Six was fine. It's yeah. a fun movie. All right, let's take a break. 16 after 6, Dave Ellswick show. I'm, the reason I'm taking my break about three minutes early is because I know for a fact that Mark want some coffee uh, I'm, I'm about to you know just fall over it's on this ready. microphone you're gonna hear go all ahead. the feedback when i hit it go ahead <laughs> yeah you can go get it right now hey don't forget about david lucas david lucas is wanting to help you buy gold and silver you need about 15 percent of precious metals in your nest egg to protect it against inflation what's going along and uh, if, you know probably a recession coming we heard at the beginning of the year now that the gdp uh, regressed by 1.6%. That, that's two two in a row. That's not good in any way, shape, or form. And uh, David Lucas says, if you call them at 501-222-3315, then David Lucas Financial will be uh, happy to uh, teach you about buying silver and gold. Again, you call them at 501-222-3315. You can learn how silver and gold could help you protect your assets, 
That IRA, 401k, your hard-earned savings, they'll sit there and talk to you about it, tell you how much you should have, probably how you should buy it, uh, and uh, and get you into it. 501-222-3315. Investment advisory services are offered through David Lucas Financial and Arkansas Registered Investment Advisor. Hey, Mark is here today. Of course, Mark uh, works over at UALR, uh, but his opinions are his and his alone. I always uh, preface that so you don't think that he's, you know, speaking for the university. He does not. He speaks for himself, and uh, glad to have him in the studio today. Uh, he's also a screenwriter. He is also a uh, a writer for comic books. Yeah. Now, do to. you like comic books, or do you want... Uh, you know, some other term for it. So it uh, comic books good. is fine. I know some people who like to call them graphic novels. That's what I was going to say, a graphic yeah, novel. That always seems pretentious. Like, they're afraid to call it a comic book. Like, that somehow dismisses it. But I, I well, think comics like are great. Being, so. What's the difference between being a, a uh, you know, a garbage man and, you know, some kind of, what, what can we call it? Uh, a, a green engineer. Yeah. Right. How about that? Oh, yeah, call it like, that. A, no, it's not a movie, it's a motion picture. Yeah, yeah. that's good stuff. I mean, anyway, bottom line is uh, we were talking and just for a few moments before we came on, and he was talking about taking the red pill or taking the blue pill or taking the black pill well, and, and the black pill for you is you go totally nihilistic it's when you just yeah you you get cynical and jaded and you don't care about anything when uh all the election fraud was going on in, in 2020 that was when a lot of people were black pilled on the system and like well i'm just never going to vote again you know the system doesn't work you know if they if voting worked they wouldn't let us do it that old joke but they took it seriously and i mean i can understand losing a lot of faith when you see a lot of that footage of the election fraud that happened but also like a lot of that fraud happened in blue cities in blue states did you see them happening here in arkansas did you see them happening in pulaski did you see them happening in your location did your vote here matter yes should you still engage in, in the system to try and change it for the better yes and there are still reliable people working in the system because we just had you know a vote that that went our way the right way and as the highest court in the land the supreme court so there is still hope so don't take that black pill just yet yeah let's talk about that because we added in kavanaugh gorsuch and uh of course uh trying to think of uh, the name of the lady from notre dame i'm having a problem coming up with her name right now but uh those three comey barrett Barrett. yeah Yeah, barrett i knew it started with a b i just i wanted to say bailey and i knew that wasn't right that's pearl bailey it's a wonderful life uh but anyway uh they were put on the court because they are originalists all right they they go back and look at what the what the constitution says and what the founding fathers said about certain things, and they use the original language. That's what they're looking for, original definitions and things of that nature. Uh, but you never know what's going to happen. I mean, we had some people put on the Supreme Court that we thought were conservatives, and they weren't, yeah. and they went against us uh, constantly. Uh, but this time, okay, let's, let's see we had the decision about Maine, about the money following the student, even if they're mm-hmm. going to spend it in a, uh, a religious uh, school. Yeah. We had the uh, gun law in New York being found unconstitutional. Then we had 
Roe v. Wade being overturned. And then we had uh, uh, Bob Kennedy, the uh, uh, football coach in Seattle, being said he could pray uh, and after I, and the I heard game. About that one, and that one is it's a huge. He's decision. not making his students pray. He's no. just he personally wants to pray before the game, and and they didn't want to let him. You know what happened to freedom of religion there? Yeah, just and the. Supreme Court, you know, agreed with me, which is nice. And, and look, here, yeah. I, uh, I will say this. If, you know, if you're upset about that, that that's fine, because I'm still a- upset about uh, what's-his-name uh, Kaepernick taking the knee on the sideline of the football games, all right? But I think it was his right to do that, as well it was the right of, of uh, NFL football if they don't want to hire him. Yeah. You know, I think that's their right as well. And by the way, I'm hearing that his uh, tryout with the Raiders, uh, Warren Sapp said it was uh, abysmal. Well, he was always a mediocre player. He only gained notoriety by becoming a political figure. That was the only way he could, he well, could get he headlines. Took, yeah. He took San Francisco to one Super Bowl. Mm-hmm. And the reason, and, and remember, Smith had been the quarterback of uh, 49ers, and uh, they put him in for his uh, for him because he got hurt. Uh, and they were already on their way to the Super Bowl. Uh, Kaepernick, they, you know, he was able to run around like uh, Tarkington was with Minnesota, and um, people weren't prepared to, for him at that time. But after one season, they knew what he was going to do, and his numbers fell off the cliff yeah. at that point. So uh, I, I listened to people complain, and I said, you don't own the football team. The, the key of football, professional football or professional baseball, professional soccer, whatever, is the W. You're supposed to win. And yeah, if you don't win, you don't work. That's the other W. So you've got to keep, uh, keep that all in mind. Look, they didn't pay Michael Jordan the money they paid him because they lost. Yeah, right. It was because they won. I, and my favorite story about Jordan is when he sat down with Reinsdorf, the owner of the Bulls, and uh, Reinsdorf looked at him and said, Now, Michael, we've got to redo your contract. He says, let's, let's not get carried because, remember, uh, there is no I in team. You know, mm-hmm. and he looked Weinstor right back, and he says, "There is in win." What was it? Great story. Was it Mark Rippin, uh, Washington Redskins back yeah. in the nineties after they won the Super Bowl? He was the Super Bowl MVP, wasn't he? I believe he was. I think maybe so. Yeah, and then he just he didn't perform <laughs> up to uh, that uh, that level afterwards, and he didn't last that much longer. You know, because yeah, it's all about winning. Him. Yeah, it's it's <laughs> like you're the Super Bowl MVP one year, you're you're fired the next. It all comes down to are you winning or are you losing? You can be the goat in more yeah. ways than one. You can be the greatest of all time, or you can just be a goat. All right, <laughs> which means they're going to kick you off the team. Yeah. That's what they did. Well, it's sports. You either you win or you lose, one or the other. And I don't understand what's so hard for people to understand about that. And why has sports, and especially, <coughs> excuse me, sports talk radio and uh, you know ESPN become so political? Well, I mean, I think because sports was the last <coughs> true landscape for merit-based achievements. And because it all came down to stats, it all came down to numbers, wins, losses, ties. Like you, you didn't 
become an MVP uh, because you had the right politics. You were an MVP regardless of your politics because of how well you performed. Uh, Your exceptionalism was based on merit, and there's a certain political group out there that just doesn't like the idea of merit-based anything, and so they had to find a way to dismantle that, and they've been doing a pretty good job. How many people still watch ESPN these days? I don't watch them. When Boomer left, I I left. You know, I... I, I wanted to hear back, 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 back. You know, <laughs> he'll go all the oh, way. Yeah. But anyway, those are the things that I that I I remember about. Uh, that tells you how long it's been since I sat down and really watched uh, Sports Center. But the bottom line is, is that that is the big deal now. Mm-hmm. Is that they they talk politics all the time? I don't. If I'm watching about sports, I don't care about their politics. Yeah. What are they doing on the field? You know, a play, whatever kind of field it is. I, that's what I want to know. And uh, when I tune in in the morning, the first thing I want to hear, what are the scores from the games of the day before? That's what I want to hear. And I remember my, my brother, because, you know, he, he's, a, he's a sports guy in the family. It would seem from my POV in the 90s that he was watching the same episode of Sports Center like 50 <laughs> times a day. And be like, no, I'm not watching the episode. I'm watching the bottom line because that's where all the scores that's are. He was right. looking for the numbers. Absolutely. Yeah, that's all he cared about, wins and losses. All right, <laughs> let's get some news in here, local news coming your way, and then we'll be back to talk some more. All right, back with you. Mark's here. I'm here. You're here. Let's talk some more about what's going on. 25 minutes until uh, 7 o'clock on the uh, the Dave Ellswick Show right now. Let me uh, remind you about PI Roofing. PI Roofing will do a great job for you uh, of uh, finding leaks. You know, they started off being called, and they still are called. It's like still their branding statement. You're, uh, you know, they are your roof leak detectives. But the reason they were called that was when Joel Johnson started uh, the business, uh, he would drive around the neighborhoods. And if you're a roofer and you know anything about the the business, uh, you can drive around and look at people's roofs and tell the roofs that's probably got problems. And then he would stop in to talk to those people and say, "Hey, you got uh, you got a leak? You got uh, you got some problems? Yeah, you want me to find the leak for you? Yeah." And he that's what he did. So that's why he became known as the roof leak uh, detector. Uh, wanted to let you know that that's how that all started. But uh, he still does that. Look, they came out the last time uh, they came out prior to putting on the new roof of my house after the hailstorm up in in uh, Cabot. Uh, I had a leak, and I couldn't find it. I went upstairs and went looking for it, and I could not find it. It was over my living room, so I'm looking over my living room up in the attic. And I couldn't find it. And uh, I called, finally called P.I. Roofing and said, can you guys come out and find this leak? And they said, sure. They came out. The leak was at the far end of the house in the garage. Yeah, traveling leaks. We had that problem at a place when I lived in Virginia. It was- yeah, and it was one nail that was sticking uh-huh. up a little bit. I mean, unless you did roofs, I'm just telling you, it's not something that you would have noticed just standing on the roof. He went up there, and within 70 seconds, he knew what the problem was. He drove, he drove the nail back in. They put some material over top of it. End of leak. That's the kind of work you get out of these guys. They know, they know what they're doing, 
and uh, they, they'll come out. All you got to do is call them at 501-707-3551. That's the number I call. You can call it, too. It's not like the Batcave number, all right? Everybody gets to use this number. Uh, it's 501-707-3551. Tell them what the problem is. They'll dispatch some people out to you. By the way, if it's bad weather which we haven't had lately for roofing. It's been pretty sunny and hot all the time here recently. Uh, They will come out uh, as soon as they possibly can get out and tarp up your roof if they have to, if it's like a rainy period, so that they can stop the water from getting into your house because that's what's really doing the damage to you. So keep it in mind, uh, PI Roofing, 501-707-3551 or online piroofing.com and I got a million other reasons why you should should use them but we'll just stop right there for right now yeah. use them use them they're the best nobody else has walked on my roof to work on it other than pi roofing just so you know all right we've got 20 minutes to so I want to talk to you a little bit uh, Mark Mark works with uh, 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 Tim Lim, and Tim is on the show a lot, and uh, both of them have uh, got a a nice little side business going in the graphic novel. (laughs) The uh, pretentious graphic novel industry. Industry. And you guys were uh, down in uh, in Benton here just recently for a a Comic-Con, basically. Oh, yep. Um, It was a Salem County Comic-Con. I think we've done it every year for the past uh, five or six years. Um, It's it's, uh, at the convention center that's just off Congo Road, if you know where that is, by that movie theater. Over there by the movie theater. Yeah, Tinseltown. Yep, that's what it is, Tinseltown. Yeah, it's it's not a huge show, but it's always a good show. It's always got good attendance. You know, everybody goes to it each year. It was on Father's Day, so we had a lot of, like, uh, dads and their kids there enjoying something, sharing it. Um, and yeah, it was, it was a good show. It was fun. Okay, so you guys did well. I think we did well. Yeah, I mean, Saturdays are always better than Sundays. Saturday went well. We had a lot of um, foot traffic. A lot of people that we only ever see once a year when we do that show. So we get to catch up with them. They always ask us what new books we put out. I mean, we do three books a year. So and our books are like sixty pages each. They're they're pretty big. So we always have new stuff to to sell our, our regular readers and uh, catch up with them, asking what they're doing, what they've been up to. And then they're yeah. wanting to autograph. Same, yeah, right? yeah, right. Autographs are fifty bucks. No, no they're no. always free. <laughs> do you do you, when you go to these shows? Do you take a big uh, black plastic bag with you so you can put your uh, the money for your autographs in it? <laughs> yeah, right. Yeah, because uh, we, we only accept singles, right? Yeah, yeah. That's what that's what some of the guys do. They want the people like the the guy who played the Red Power Ranger or whatever. Oh yeah, you know, on television. Mm-hmm. They, there was a big story about that, the, the black plastic bag, and they bring them and they, they stuff the 20s in them. Oh, yeah. They make a lot of money doing those. They do. I mean, so they they prefer cash, uh, like most people do, I think, right about now. But we have a friend of ours, uh, Matthew Weldon, he's a great artist. He's done a bunch of our covers and some of our books for us. But uh, he has this, um, this, this great gimmick when he does shows. He does $1 kitties. He has this um, Japanese cat, the one that has a little paw raised up. Uh-huh. Um, and he does, it's a template, and he does these designs on them. So if you want, like, a Thanos kitty or if you want a Dr. Strange kitty or if you want a snake eyes from gi joe kitty he'll do one and it's always just one dollar and so little kids when they go to co- these comic book shows they don't have a lot of money they might have five bucks and well, you see, can't find cool. anything for five bucks but you can get one of his kitties for a dollar so he leaves uh 
he leaves those shows looking like he's on his way to an adult night of entertainment. That's just got huge stacks of ones. Going to the place yeah. where there's a pole in the middle of the Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah, exactly. I gotcha. yeah, yeah, firehouse. Going to sure. make it rain. <laughs> Got a, yeah. got a weather storm. But the, the kids love it because it's something they can actually afford. You know, most most of these comic conventions, they're great because you can find stuff you'll never see anywhere. But uh, it'll usually be north of eight hundred dollars for collectibles. Well, that's pretty good, man. Yeah, you can. I mean, you make some. Uh, you can make some good money, and yeah, collectibles are not cheap. No, the speculators market has gone insane. I, when I was driving home from work yesterday, I heard a news story about a sealed 1985 VHS copy of Back to the Future. I heard about this. Auctioned for $75,000. Yeah. Yeah, and it's just, that's not a rare VHS tape. Everybody owned Back to the Future on VHS in the 80s, you know, but the speculators market has hit VHS tapes now, so those things that used to go for a penny at yard sales and flea markets are now going for like 75 grand they're still in the wrap of course the big thing is it wasn't opened yeah, that's a, yeah, because some. That's the thing, though. The reason it wasn't open is because they produced so many of them that someone just probably had you know found a crate in a warehouse just full of like leftover VHS copies of Back to the Future they couldn't move. Wow, yeah. can you imagine if you want about you found about ten of those? Yeah, how many of us threw away our VHS tapes when we upgraded to DVD? You know, twenty five <laughs> years ago, when it's like, oh, these things are worthless. Nobody wants them now. Yeah, I worked at a Blockbuster Video and we did our big upgrade from VHS to DVD. And we our orders from corporate office were to take the VHS tapes, smash them with a hammer, and then throw them in the dumpster because they didn't want people crawling how around the dumpster. How many did you keep um, for oh, for the VHS uh, now? Blockbusters doesn't exist anymore, so I won't get in trouble for uh, for confessing that I did keep a few of them. I think I only kept about four or five, and some of them I ended up upgrading to DVD later. I have a couple of them still. I don't have a v- VCR anymore, but we would we would smash them because the corporate uh, order was that by smashing the VHS tapes, people won't go crawling around in your dumpster to try and pick them out. But they did anyway, of course, because they course, like, they're oh, looking for one you might have missed. Yeah, one we might have missed. So yeah, they're crawling around in our trash anyway. <laughs> That's amazing. Yeah. It really is amazing how collectibles people get weird about. I feel like a lot of it's a money laundering scheme, you know. <laughs> it's like so, some guy robbed you think the, the cartels doing this. I think you know someone uh, got uh, seventy five grand for selling you know some kilos of, of whatever, and they got and they got to like uh, get that money legitimized real quick. So like, oh yeah, VHS copy of Back to the Future. I think that's worth seventy five thousand dollars. Here you go, other guy who's totally not in on it with me. <laughs> right. So yeah. what uh, what's the most collectible thing that's out there right now in the world? comics is it still like uh you know the first one spider-man showed up in and things of that nature so the the, uh the needles kind of changed now for a long time it actually wasn't number one issues as long as they weren't from like the silver age or the golden age you know not number one issue in the 80s and the 90s actually wasn't worth anything like x-men number one the jim lee one from 1990 like that wasn't worth anything because they printed a million of it so like not worth a lot trans like uh, the transformers had a marvel comic in the 80s and so did gi joe the number ones weren't worth anything but the ones that were worth a lot were the last issues when those series ended because they weren't printing very many of them back then so if you had a gi joe number 155 or a transformers number 80 the final issues there are only a few thousand of them out there so those are very rare and worth a lot but the speculators market are a bunch of people who don't know much about comics don't know about print runs don't know those things so they get to but they get to set the numbers they get to set the prices on things so all of a sudden a transformers number one that used to go for five bucks is now going for 500 bucks so yeah it's i'm, hard I'm still anymore. amazed at you know baseball cards at one time uh were very collectible and then the bottom fell out but there's still i mean a hornus wagner 
which is out of the the old uh, cigarette packs, in fact, <laughs> wow, uh, the tobacco, tobacco packs. Uh, that uh, is still. You know, a million dollars. Yeah, if you go back far enough, you know, anything's going to be worth it. It's, what's that joke from Indiana Jones? Like, if they dig you up in, in 5,000 years, maybe even you'll be worth something. You know, it's, <laughs> yeah, it's, uh, yeah, if good. something's old enough, it's going to be it's worth something no matter what. Yeah. And, then, and and by the way, for you who are transsexual, they'll know if you were a man or a woman. <laughs> yeah, they're going to find your bones, and they're going to tell you what you were. Yeah. <laughs> they'll, know, they'll know what you really were. All right, 14 minutes to 7. Uh, I've got Mark here with me until 7 o'clock. 7 o'clock, we've got Joe and Duck. Uh, 9 o'clock today, uh, we'll be talking to the lieutenant governor who's running for AG, and uh, we're going to talk to him about prisons and some of his thoughts about what we need to do here in Arkansas for a lot of the bad guys that are still running around on the streets. Don't forget about Pat Davis. Pat Davis, save your money on uh, health insurance, and uh, health insurance uh is overpriced we all know that and and it's overpriced when you're paying five six hundred dollars a month maybe more and on top of it you have a deductible that doesn't that says you can't even use your health insurance until you've spent this much money and it could be as much as 10 grand so what good is your health insurance? I mean, if you got to spend ten thousand dollars to get to it, uh, it's just a cataclysmic, you know, setup. And uh, you could have got that for a whole lot cheaper, I'm sure, uh, if you had bought it that way. But they won't let you buy it that way any longer. Uh, find out how you can have no more copays, have deductibles that are reasonable, even maybe get some checks back from your hospital, your urgent care f- uh, facility, or your doctor. All, the money just doesn't go back to the insurance company. You can talk to Pat Davis about this. Let him save you 30 to 50% on your health insurance 501-605-6935 yourhealthplanman.com on the internet that's pat davis yeah you're talking about flavored coffees you know and when somebody brings me a fla- you want a cup of coffee dave yeah bring me over and it's like uh got uh, vanilla and i don't know um chickpeas uh you know in it and i'm like this is not coffee you know, coffee right. is coffee. You know, want it tastes like uh, like vanilla, hazelnut, Nutella uh, kind of weird stuff. I'm not, not interested. I, please, just I'm bring not. me a. And I don't put cream or sugar in my coffee. Just bring me a black coffee. You know, it's 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 supposed to be coffee and water. The two things you're supposed to drink. They're the two zero calorie beverages. If so. I know, if I know it's some really cheap stuff that they've bought. Then I might say, give me some artificial sweetener and that just to kill the yeah. the bitter ending to it. But uh, yeah, no, I'm I'm one of those people that I just want coffee. I don't want yeah. flavored coffee. I I told, tell my wife when she orders her coffees. Uh, now she's at to the point now at home she'll just eat, drink regular coffee. But uh, when we're out, she likes to go to the 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 place that sells coffee really high-priced coffee. Uh, you know who I'm talking about. Yeah. But uh, we go there, and, and she gets, as I call it, foo-foo coffee. If I want a milkshake, I'll go to Baskin-Robbins. If yeah. I want coffee, I'll just brew a cup of You home. know, <laughs> and, and what's to say about soy milk and all? Yeah, oh, yeah. come on, people. Soy yeah, foam this, milk, a latte. Here, let me just okay. tell you what. This is what tells you here in America that we're spoiled. I mean, we get upset. 
if you can't get soy milk in your coffee. Yeah, Think it, about that for a second. I once worked at a bookstore for a few months just to, to get a little extra money. And I remember that um, some, a customer got very mad at me because uh, the vegetarian and the vegan books were in the same section together. And it's like, they should be separate. Vegetarian <laughs> and vegan aren't the same thing. They should be in separate sections. Well, the people who are yeah. buying the books know that. <laughs> They'll right. figure it out. You know, you don't have to hold their hands and say, well, two rows down now, we have the, the vegan books from the vegetarian books. Yeah, I don't, I don't get that. Yeah, either. no, that's uh, what, what they used to call those first world problems. Yeah, yeah, well, that's what they are. Yeah. That that really is because I'm going to tell you what out the third world they're not worried about right. vegetarian. The reason they eat vegetarian is probably the only thing that's available to eat, and that might be the way things are around here. You know, if the beef way gets it's any going, more expensive, yeah, you can barely afford running. chicken anymore now. <laughs> Eighteen dollars, you know, no. to buy uh, chicken, uh, you know, t- thighs. Yeah. It's like crazy. Yep. I mean, I get the the eight pack of just the the boneless chicken breast, which is like the cheapest you can get, you know, in the value pack, and you know that went up to like twelve, fifteen dollars. It used to be like that was like eight ninety nine, and it's, I, one, it's one of the few things that I'm not a big breast man on is chicken. Yeah, I just find um, it's kind of to me it's dry. It is, but you, I find creative ways to cook it. So I'll make like chicken curry, I'll make chicken stir fry, I'll find something to do with it, you know, other than just like bake it in the oven and eat it because then it's not that good. Like thighs have lots of flavor, but they're also more expensive. I like thighs. Yeah, yeah give me those thighs, chicken thighs. Yeah. thighs. Throw them on there. That's what I like. I like those. What I typically do is, you know, you find those packages. I don't know if they're still like 10 pounds for $10. I doubt I it is. Where they throw in uh, the leg and the thigh is together. Mm-hmm. Yep. And I would buy those and then I would break it apart and I'd put it in like uh, the gallon plastic zip bags and I put a couple of them in it. And that way that was dinner, you know. Yeah. But uh, now I buy those. For whatever price it is, it's not a dollar a pound, that's for sure. Wash them, and I'll throw about four or five of those legs and thighs in a pot, fill it up with water, and boil it and cook it. And I'm, I'm, that's how I make my chicken noodle soup. Yeah. Pull, mean, the, pull the chicken out and then take the meat off of it. stock, yeah. But you got all that good stock there. I don't need a bunch of uh, chicken uh, you know, stock yeah. from the store. I do all my own cooking. I only go out to eat on like the weekends because it's the weekend. But Monday through Friday, I mean, <laughs> I so I have like a cooking day where I'll make a humongous like cauldron of something and then I'll portion it out into, you know, little individual servings and freeze them. And I have like four or five of those like different dishes. And so I've got a full menu spread for the entire week. But, you know, I'll make like marinara sauces, uh, chili, curry, and just you know, a whole bunch of different stuff. And yes, yeah. ladies, he's single. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's, it's good. Uh, it saves. But that's the thing is like you're still saving money no matter how expensive groceries are. It's still cheaper to cook at home than Make to go it out yourself. and get a restaurant. That's right. Yeah. Abso- that's yeah. an absolute. You know, I mean, look, you go buy a steak at any meat market or whatever. Get yourself a T-bone. Get yourself a strip or whatever. And it will be considerably less for you to cook that than to go to a a, a restaurant yeah. and order the exact same. And I, I guarantee you, you can probably cook the steak better than Applebee's can, so you might as well just cook it yourself. <laughs> I would hope you can cook yeah, better right. than Applebee's. But I, I, no, I don't guarantee that you can do it better than uh, Arthur's. No, I mean, there, there's... I mean, they've uh, got a special yeah. grill back there that 
is hot, hot, hot to mm-hmm. sear in those juices. Oh, uh, no, there, there are, like, legit steakhouses. Uh, there's one in Dumas uh, that we go, Taylor's, and I've they... Heard, I have not yet oh, to be there, good. been there, and I've heard it's like... If you're a steak lover, Ooh, lover yeah. it's like going to heaven. It, it really is. Um, it's, it's expensive. They, they do market pricing. I think they're only open Thursday, Friday, and Saturday evenings, so call ahead. But they dry age their steak. You know, the way it used to be before I was born, that was the standard. It was dry aging that steak. And if you get the, the dry-aged bone-in ribeye, uh, medium rare, it's the best steak I've ever had in my life. And it is good. Um, and the nearer the bone you get, the better it gets. Oh, so okay. you know, I'm at a rest. That's the thing. He's at a restaurant, so you can't just pick up the bone and gnaw on it. You know, well, like you would says? at home. Yeah, right. I mean, seriously, who uh, says? I, know, I do right? it. If you're paying, you know, if you're, if you're paying the price for it, you might as well. Like, yeah, people can might people well can just avert their it. eyes if they don't want to. Yeah, yeah, I walk out and it looks mm. like I fell into a puddle of grease. What's What's so good about their steaks <laughs> at Taylor's though is that you can tell that the only thing they season it with is salt and pepper. You know, you go to like some like. I, I do like Outback. They're fine, but uh, you can tell they put a lot of their own house blend seasoning on it you yeah. know, to, to add flavor to the steak. But a good steak just needs salt and pepper and heat. <laughs> yeah, and I'm still drawn between how do I want it? Do I want it with A1 or not? Oh, no. Because uh, I, I, I... That's well done. You eat with A1. Yeah, no, I, rare, I, I do my medium rare. Yeah. That's the way I do it. And... Uh, I have been known to eat a rare steak once in a while. Now I'll have a blue steak every now and then. You know, you had to do that. Where... If I'm really hungry and in a hurry, I'm like, all right, I'm just going <laughs> to throw this thing on the, on the pan with some garlic butter or something, and I'm going to give it like two minutes aside, and then I'm going to eat it no matter how that's blue the way, it is. That's yeah. the way my, my <laughs> uncle is. He, when he made T-bones, he'd throw them on the grill, and he said, I'm just burning off the hair. <laughs> <laughs> that's all he would do, and that's what you were served. Mark's always a pleasure to have you in. I'll let you get to work. Uh, go buy your coffee. Enjoy another cup. Right. Well, take a cup when you leave here. My I'm, yeah, I'm going to take good. a to-go cup, right? Steal yeah. one of your mugs. You can do that. Okay. So Dave Ellswick's show, we come back. and we got uh, Duck and we've got Joe. We'll talk cars next on the Dave Ellswick show. Seven o'clock hour on a Thursday. Another hour closer to a three-day weekend here on the Dave Ellswick Show. Good to have you along. Uh, I hope that you've planned to do something on the 4th of July. Remember when one of our founding fathers, John Adams, said what he hoped that would happen on the 4th of July? That there would be merrymaking and loud bangs and booms and fireworks. That's what he said. That's where all the fireworks comes from. Yeah. 
You know, it was founding fathers wanted that stuff. So get out and don't don't let them down. I'm going to tell you what. There's, there's plenty a, of fireworks. There's enough fireworks hands around to go out. How much? Have you been by one, Joe? I haven't stopped yet. No. Have you stopped? Nope. I'm wondering what inflation has done. I haven't seen the big signs usually. You know, buy this and get. 40 free bottle rockets or anything there's a there's always one out there by me you buy the you know the one that goes real high uh-huh. you know, the shells and they have them like 299 but they ain't got their sign up this year yeah it'd be interesting to see what the what the cost is if if you've been out to buy fireworks already tell us what the prices are looking like uh eight two three five oh one i hate having to give the area code five oh one eight two three oh nine six five you know let us know yeah. about that yeah i had to go on my phone change a lot of my contact put the 501 yeah or it won't call them yep yeah you get that kind of stuff so uh i know joe one thing you do is you do ribs around fourth of july all the time because you yes sir you you invite everybody but me uh <laughs> to celebrate out at your house uh so you're gonna have a big clan out there how how are ribs this year how expensive are they they're up a little bit, yeah. You know, I think all meat products are up. Beef and even chicken. No, and chicken's up high. Pork, too, you know. It so. keeps going up higher. Pork seems to be the laggard, except bacon. Yeah. Because everybody eats bacon. Everything, Anything that you want to eat is better if you put a slice of bacon on it. Cooked, of course, but uh, you got to have some bacon on, like, a burger or something like that. That's good. Yeah. You know what? I, I like taking Bacon's good by itself. The little, the little wieners. That you can get, yeah. you know, that you usually make on uh, New Year's Bowl. night that you, you know, or a Super Bowl. Throw them in a slow cooker, mm-hmm. put a put a jar of uh, grape jelly in and a, grape, and a jar of barbecue sauce in and let them cook. Take those, do, do those, and then take them out and <coughs> wrap them in bacon and cook them in the oven. I'm going to tell you what, change your life. <laughs> It will change your so life. So you're going to throw the hot dog away and eat the bacon. That's about what I do. I love. <laughs> I like bacon. I, I really do. I've cut back on it, okay? But uh, I like bacon. Bacon is really good. Now, are you a regular bacon eater, or do you like the thick slice bacon? Well, I like bacon. I mean, you know. <laughs> you it, don't care. No, not really. It's just, it, you know, if it ain't overcooked, it's great. Okay. Yeah. I don't, I don't like it like limp or nothing, but I don't like I it burned. like mine. I, that's how I order mine. I, limp? I, yesterday, I went out and had uh, a late late breakfast, early lunch with Linda Iyer, the uh, sales manager here. And uh, I ordered two eggs over over medium. Give me uh, some uh, of the casserole. Let me have uh, uh, some bacon, three strips of bacon. I said, make it limp. I, I do not like, you know. Look, if you want, if you want to be, you know, a religious cook and offer a burnt, sat, sat, you know, sacrifice, that's fine with me. Okay, I don't <laughs> mind if that's the way you like to eat it, but I like mine limp. I don't. I like. I like mine crispy. You like it really? Do you like it where you just take it and tap it against the plate and it shatters? Not, not that burnt. But. <laughs> I mean, that's the way Linda likes it. She wants it so crispy that. To me, it's like eating cereal or something. It's something about putting meat in my mouth, and it's crunching. We'll go out to eat somewhere, and Teresa order a steak, and she'll tell me, I want it well done. And then she cripes about it because it's tough. 
It's tough and it's dry. Yeah, I said. Medium rare. And then she looked at me, well, when you cook it at home, it's done inside. But I said, yeah, but I don't burn it. Yeah. You tell them, well done, guess what? <laughs> they well make done. it well done. Yeah, that's that's like saying that you want it. If you don't want to eat it, they'll make a pair of shoes out of it. Pretty close. That's about as tough as it's going to get. All right, 7-Eleven. And, uh, of course, we got Joe here. We've got Duck here. Joe's Garage, Duck's Garage. <coughs> they'll answer any car question you might have if you're getting ready to travel uh, for this 4th of July weekend. You should have already gotten your car into your uh, bumper-to-bumper certified service center and had them go over it because it's going to be tough on you now if you're wanting to have it be checked before you leave. Yeah, you're not look not likely going to get nobody to do it now. Uh, it's too late, but, you know, the thing about getting a check for the summertime and making a trip is important because you'd rather make the repairs here where you live locally than on the highway somewhere. And any other shop on the highway, if they're good, they're going to be busy and you're going to be going to have some downtime. So. You're going to be sitting in a motel yep. somewhere, and yep. that's never fun. No, it's not. Because, you, you know, if you're lucky, they got a pool. If you're lucky. If you're really lucky, they clean it. Yeah. <laughs> it's not well, it'll make you late. Not green. It'll make you late showing up for wherever you're going, your reservations. And uh, if you're on your way home, it's going to delay your trip home. So. Yeah. Well, that might not be a bad thing. Well, yeah, but it's still a very, very bad inconvenient. And, well, yeah, I agree and, with that. And whoever works on it, when you leave there, if they're 300 miles away, you're not going to have any really technically a warranty on them unless you go to a bumper-to-bumper certified service center. Then you're going to have a nationwide warranty. And if you've been going to a bumper-to-bumper <laughs> certified service center and you know the technician and the owners, then you don't have to worry, all right, about are they going to do a good job. When you're at the whim of whoever's at the area that you broke down at, you just never know what you're going to run into. Yeah, and you don't know if they can get the parts to fix you right then. It may be two or three days. You may be out in the middle of nowhere where it ain't but one place to work on it, you know. And so and it may be 1 o'clock in the morning. You're sitting on the side of the road. So. Let me I'm tell a story. I went up to see the Razorbacks play. This is when I had my uh, Pontiac. Um and I'm driving back, and it was starting to, as you start go up a hill, it lose all its power. And I come down the hill, and I get a little bit more power. <laughs> and I, I finally pulled over at a filling station, and um, the guy says, I'm not sure what it is. So what did I do? I picked up my phone, and I called <laughs> Joe. <laughs> I said, Joe, here's what it's doing. He says, sounds like the, the, ga- the fuel pump's going bad. And uh, I said, should I just leave it here and let them fix it? And he said, absolutely not. Because <laughs> yep. the guy didn't have a clue. Yeah. And uh, he says, just drive slow, get yourself back. I nursed it on back and got it into him on the Monday. And it was exactly what he said it was. It was uh, the fuel pump. But sometimes, if you're thousands of miles away, that's not something that you can do. It's not an option. Although I have called you from... Uh, from uh, Wyoming before. Yes. <laughs> it's so f- we go back, and I'm going to tell you, he's gotten calls from me from all over the United States. Because here's the key. I don't know the people that, that I'm sitting in, the lot that I'm sitting in, that I'm thinking about having them work. And I want Joe to give me his best guess. Yeah. So that I know that the mechanic that is at the gas station that I'm at at least has an idea. And I'm just not going to start hanging sure. parts on it. 
Well, you don't need to do that. And you don't, nobody wants to break down out of town. That's the worst place to break down. You can't get it home, and it costs a lot if you have it towed. And yep. So the best bet is to do preventive maintenance before you make a big trip. Right, Doc? Exactly. You know, and one little old 5 8 heater hose can cause you miseries. Yeah, you're right. You know, miseries. Don't I mean, take much. No. You know, one what? little 5 8 heater hose or, or belt, you know. If it's 100 degrees outside and uh, you have a coolant leak and the engine gets loss of coolant and you know small repair like a heater hose or a or a belt being busted and cracked but the overheating is the problem mm-hmm. once an engine overheats that's when severe damage is done 99 yeah. uh, percent of all head gaskets are blown due to one thing right duck yep got over hot that's it and most of the time it's because a heater hose busted or a belt come off and people think that they, oh, I'll drive to the next exit. No. No, nope, can't do that. You know, and these and these little aluminum head joes, it don't take nothing to crack them. Nah, well, you, they're thin. Yeah. Well, they've cut the weight down so much on them. You know, one time a 350 Chevrolet head weighed about 33 pounds. Well, now they weigh about 12 pounds. That's how much they've cut out of them. Well, they figured out how much you gotta, they can get away with and, yeah. and how light they can make them. You have a very small window for overheating because most of these engines are set up to run with the thermostat in 195. It's going to run 210, 215 degrees before the coolant fan comes on. Then if you have a loss of coolant, that engine gets over 250 degrees. Between 215 and 250 is only 35 degrees difference. That 35 degrees difference... Depends on whether or not it damages the engine or not. And most of the time it does. Yep. Yeah, do not be driving down the road and you see your your engine getting hotter and hotter and then you don't you wait till it pegs before you pull over. Mm-hmm. That's not a good thing to do. I was I was running parts yesterday and I was going back right there before you get to uh just past the county line. Eighteen wheeler was sitting over on the side of the road and smoke was rolling off the left rear wheel and uh somebody uh, was talking about it when I got onto the shop. They said, "Why come it smoking?" I said, "Because it got a brake locked up on it, got a brake cammed over on it, mm-hmm. and it set it on fire. It's still sitting there this morning. It burnt the wheel off of it." Wow! I guess they they got it pulled out from underneath the trailer. So I guess they're waiting on somebody to come, you know, come pick him up this morning. But I come through this morning. It's still sitting there. Well, they can now. Can they change those wheels to stay on the side of the highway? Oh yeah, you can. You can put brakes on it, and I, I lay odds. Either the grease seal went out and they set it on far, or the brakes cammed over and it overheated the brakes. Because it was rolling blue smoke when I went by there yesterday. It really. And he, now, he probably would have known that something was going bad. He, he got off the road. He, he knew something was dragging or something was happening, and, and he was way off over on the service road. I mean, he actually he actually went across the on-ramp to get, you know, to get it off the interstate, which well, was a good that's deal. That's good. Yeah. Good on him. That's true up all the traffic. Yep. Yeah. Hey, the traffic state's messed up with the interstate work right now, and they're fixing to do some lane changing this Uh-oh. after this weekend. They can't work after, after tomorrow until next Tuesday morning. And uh, he was down there, uh, Bradley was down there yesterday, and he said they're fixing to do some more lane changing. Now let me ask, okay, they can't or they won't? No, but the highway department will not let them. Oh, they because, open it because there's open. going to be so many cars out on the road for the holidays. They got they got to make sure they got every lane open and, and working. There you go. That's why they move all of the uh, uh, barriers out. Yeah. huh? I didn't know that there was a, a rule about yeah. that. 
All right. That's that's figured in the contract with them. When I give them so many days, like like they had, uh, uh, had a little just a shy under three years of, to do all that. Well, when the COVID kicked in, he you know they couldn't get no workers. Nobody would work, so they wind up giving them like thirteen more months, to, you know, to finish it up. Right. Where it was supposed to have been done this November. Not until next. Now it's going to be next November. Okay. Well, it is what it is as far as that's concerned. You know, that COVID screwed up everything. And they've run into some problems down there. What the ground was supposed to hold the new road won't hold the new road. They've already had some sinking problems. Uh Uh-oh. So, you know, they got the engineers back out there trying to figure out what they're going to do with it and well, at least it's not like what they did with I-40 there when the bridges were going to match up. Yeah. Oh, they've had that problem, too, down there. Oh, really? Oh, uh, yeah. Mm-hmm. One section down there where they built the first part of the road, and then they went to building the second part, and Bradley told him, he said, look, this road's going to be nine inches shorter than the other road. And I, and the guy engineer guy said, no, build it like, I, like it's drawn up. And he Uh-oh. said, no problem. So now they're down there trying to figure out. Bradley said, "I got a solution. We'll slope it down. We'll take a put about a, a quarter of a mile slope on it. You won't never notice it, but but it's or a change. You can put on. a lump, you can put a little bump in it and put, <laughs> put up signs eight miles out. Bump approaching. <laughs> slow down. Yeah, slow down. All right, let's take a break. East End Towing wants you to know they're ready to help you out. Uh, on the road if necessary i mean if if you break down on and you're on private property how about towing your car is there is there special rules there yeah there are by the way so you need to probably be uh, asking the folks at east end towing about that uh what are you going to do with your vehicle who do you call where does it go and what happens if yeah you break down but you're towing your you know camper or your boat how about that? All of those uh, kinds of situations. East End Towing knows how to handle it. They got the answers for you. Call them at 501-888-8849. That's 501-888-8849. All right. So here. Okay. So I want to make sure I'm understanding here. The highway department gives them all of the, on these roads, specs. gives them all the specs and so you come in to, to build it, and you just make sure you follow the specs. Now, yes. if you're getting down into it and you look across a, a, a place you're building a bridge, and you can look and say where I'm standing at and where <laughs> the bridge is on the other side is going to be two foot over from where I'm standing at, we've got a problem. That means the highway department is going to have to they got to come back out come out and- with the money. Well, and, and not only that, they, they got to come out and they got to get the surveyors back out there to make sure that it it did get surveyed right. And then if it is right, then they've got to come up with a plan to repair, you know, to fix the problem. Wow. I just know that that held up that I-40 fixing for like six months. It was crazy getting that, that bridge fixed. you remember that, Joe? Yeah. It's over in that area. We. We used to have to go over there all the time to get Charlie for the show, and we saw the problems they were having yeah. there. It was crazy. It's kind of like you have the two railroads, one from the West Coast, one from the East Coast, and they're going to meet in the middle. 
and suddenly you look and you say, "Well, we're about a half mile off. <laughs> <laughs> we're gonna have to regroup here." Yeah, they've had a few problems. Turn. Yeah, yeah you both can you, make can a you turn. imagine all the stuff here on on four thirty? You know where they're building the new bridges. Can you imagine all the headaches and the pains they're, they're going through? You know, to, but they're coming right along with it though. They're making a good progress. I'm telling you, I thirty going across the river bridge. It's amazing me what they're doing to build all of that and all of the shoring up that they're doing as they're building and how big those cranes are that are sitting out on the river that they're having to use. I still don't know how it's going to look when it's all done, said and done, because it doesn't make any sense as I look at it. But it's it's something to watch them do it. I bet if you go over to the highway department, they got a drawing over there to yeah. show you what it looked like. Yeah, well. since they Bradley and them down there just doing the you know the interstate, they've got a rendering of it uh, up on the wall. Plus, he's got all the it's got about a thirty-five foot wall that's got the whole road house drawn out, house oh, okay. laid out, and everything. But they have a picture of it too, you know, completed. So, how many lanes is is the river bridge going to be when they're done? Is he going to be six, six each way? Six each way. Well, that's, what, about twice as many wrecks? The, the, <laughs> the inside three lanes is going to be a straight through, and then the outside three lanes where you can get off and on. Well, that makes sense. That's You know, they did that in Chicago, you know, 40 years ago. They figured that one out. That's uh, the way it And it'll hit traffic it through town. Yeah, well, it should. I don't even, I, you know, I don't go that way. If we're going to Hardy or somewhere I, take four forty. Sure I, I take four forty around. Then I had a car fire on four forty this morning. Had it shut down. So jump on, jump on, uh, jump on up in Jacksonville, mm-hmm. huh? And head on up. All right, got a question for you. We got three minutes here. Well, we got two minutes. Uh, two thousand and two Subaru Impreza WRX four cylinder two liter. Why won't my WRX start when the engine is warm? Got an O2 WRX. Had been hesitating on acceleration, stalling, and overheating. I replaced the fuel system, pump filter, hoses, FPR injectors, new air filter and radiator, air filter downpipe and exhaust are aftermarket. Overheating seems to be solved. No hesitation the last 150 miles since repairs. However, the car starts up every time when the engine is cold. When I've driven it and the engine is still warm, I can't get it to start back up to the engine cools. We'll fire up but die without any idle. Any idea what that problem could be? Well, he's done a lot of work to it. My question is, would be why have you done all this maintenance repairs or what? But two things come to mind to me. One, uh, coolant temp sensor may not be reading right. Uh, It may be too much fuel when it gets hot. Or it could be a crankshaft position sensor when it gets hot, not uh, giving a good signal. What do you think, Doug? I, I I would say it's probably soaking when you pull up and cut it off, and it you know it floods the system down because it thinks it's running forty below zero and it's pouring fuel into mm-hmm. it because the coolant sensor that feeds the computer's not working. Okay, but the only way you can tell that you you know you can't just look at it and tell it you got you got to actually have a machine to put on it to look at it. You need to look at the fuel trim, short-term, long-term. Yep. See what's going on, coolant temp sensor, mass airflow sensor, uh, crank signal when it won't start and dies. There's a lot of things. Scanner would be a great help, help. to this gentleman. All right. And knowing how to read the data. 
go to your uh, nearest bumper-to-bumper certified service center. All right, 10 seconds, and we're going to have Bill O'Reilly. He'll join us, and then after he's done, we'll be back here with Joe and Duck and Car Questions. All right, now we do talk about cars. I want you to know that, but there's some other things that we like to talk about as well. All three of us like to eat here. (laughs) And uh, so I went to a brand-new restaurant last night. a person here at the radio station mentioned it to me, and it was really good. It was called uh, Chicken Salad Chick. That's what it was. And went over and, and had a sandwich and uh, the grape uh, salad that went with it. And it was excellent. It was really, really good. Plus, I had watermelon iced tea, which was really good. You know, I mean, you, on, you know, tea. you get... I don't know if that's named after a golfer as well. I mean, Arnold Palmer iced tea is half iced tea, half lemonade. And it, it's good. I like that. But, uh, yeah, that watermelon iced tea was good there last night. I enjoyed that a lot. So that that's a new place. It's uh, up on McCain, right behind the uh, McDonald's. That's where they're located at. And uh, it doesn't look big until you get inside of it. They can see quite a few people in there. It's brand new. It's clean. It's uh, the people there do a good job of serving you. You'll enjoy it. I I liked it a lot. Now, with that said, Joe was telling us, and I've seen this place. I see it every day as I go to work and when I come back from work. Mm -hmm. Waldo's Beer and Chicken. Chicken and Beer, yeah. Chicken and Beer, okay. So tell us about it. Well, me and Susan stopped in there and we had lunch and uh, very good. Neat place, kind of. A little bit different the way they do things. You can order quarter chicken or piece of chicken or however you want, or half chicken or whole chicken. And can you get baked chicken or fried oh, chicken? Yeah, yeah absolutely. Okay. Yeah, and, they, and their beans and their fries, everything's excellent. Good service, good food. Prices were fair. I enjoyed it. Have a have a lot of uh, beer on tap. They have a lot of different craft beers and stuff, and oh, they got a full bar good. too. You can get whatever you want in there, mixed drinks, whatever. So, so that sounds good too. Yeah. Now, you were saying. Where do you eat? You won't go anywhere where we get stand in line, but no. Where, <laughs> where is it that you eat typically? Logan's and Bryant. Oh, I like Logan's. Yeah, it's a good I, place. I know the manager there and everything, and and uh, that's usually we wind up there once a week or twice a week sometimes. And but uh, I mean, I I ain't good about standing in line, you know. By the way, how good is Luigi's now that Hamid moved on? It's just as good as it ever was they still got the same cooks oh do they okay yeah. that's it i i i like having luigi's that's the best pizza yeah it's yeah. good there's again you can't get in oh really they're really yep. packed as well huh? oh yeah well now they're everything's packed because nobody wants to sit at home you've been sitting at home for how long eating your own cooking now you want to go out and eat somebody let somebody else fix it for you but it's it's still good they're, they built. They opened up a new one down on the interstate, an Italian restaurant, uh-huh. and uh, it, it's real good too. All right. So anyway, there's some new places to go to, and then I was supposed to ask you, Joe, yes. about your bus trip. <laughs> <laughs> okay. <laughs> well, had a bus and had to. It wouldn't start. Got it running. Duck had to come over and help us figure out how to flip the switches in it to make it re- release the brakes and everything. Got it running, need to drive it about three miles back to the shop, but didn't have no power steering. Oh, my Lord. 
Yeah, that was a it was a real neat ride. <laughs> I'm telling you, it's a, boy, you expect power steering real quick when you're in a, like a 56 passenger bus. It's a long way to the back. You can't get the front wheels to turn. It's pretty tough. So we're waiting on Duck. He's got some parts ordered for it. He's going to come get it. And I said, well, you're going to have to because I ain't driving it. I've done all I'm going to do. You're not going to drive it from your place to Duck? Two miles, all I can do. You know? it, it was kind of comical, Dave. I was following along behind him. It, it was kind of. Yeah. I snickered a few times. You, did you see him standing in the seat, turning the wheel? Um, that and a few other things. Oh, okay. Well, with no power steering, it makes it hard to keep it. You know, head in the right direction. Plus, this old bus had a little bit of slack in the steering anyway. But uh, one of them little plastic trash cans that was too close to the road, <laughs> I kind of moved it over in the ditch a little bit. <laughs> and the last turn, I went around the corner, kind of run into the ditch a little bit with the right rear, but we got out of there. So. Okay. He, he so that duck park. was in his truck laughing, like, boy, I'm glad I ain't driving that. Yeah, I bet you. I bet you that's the case. And Mike Jones was following on behind us, and he was laughing, too. Yeah. But it, it, we, we made it. That ain't trouble. It's got a few little odds and ends got to be done to it. But Okay, so it's it's a regular, like, uh, Greyhound. Then, no, huh? it's a city bus. Oh, a city bus. Yeah. It's, it's a city transit bus. Okay. It's come yeah. out, of, out of Colorado somewhere. Yeah. Was well, somebody just using it? Uh, it's one of Joe's customers. He's going to. He jump. bought it and wants it fixed up. Anyway, long story there about that. We is don't work on buses. Is Duck he does, but take, it, is he going to take got, all the seats out and stuff? No, he's going to use it for some kind of tours for something. I don't know. He's going to wrap it and everything. I'm oh, not okay. sure what all his plans are with it, but he owns it, and we're going to try and help him get it in good shape and get the power steering fixed and get it's got an engine oil leak. Duck's going to fix that and then just inspect it all over the rakes, the belts, the hoses, and put new batteries in it and he's so got some things he how long would that take to do a complete inspection and then repair uh, job three or four days to oh, do it all that's all huh yeah three or four maybe five days and i, I went over joe called me wanted me to come look see where the oil leak was so i went over and checked it and the oil cooler housing was leaking on it which is common on that on that isl uh cummins engine and uh so I got the engine serial number, and I went by and, and checked on the parts and ordered the parts for it. So when we do get it there, I have everything to fix it with because it'll take three or four days to get all the parts in. I got to tell you what, people now, if you're if you're probably younger than 45, you didn't have to deal with just manual steering on cars. Probably <laughs> it will it will change your whole mindset about power steering and power brakes. Oh my gosh! Yeah, we pump, 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 pump to stop those cars. Oh yeah, yeah. grab a hold steering wheel and push on the pedal hard as you can push. And you hope know, it, it also up. help you. You also realize how good the manual transmissions are today versus then. Oh yeah. <laughs> well, used to you had a shift pattern about three or four inches wide. Yeah. Now you got a shift pattern about an inch wide. Yeah, real close. I mean, yeah. you know, you just wiggle it just a little bit and you can shift it. You know, and used to you had to just kind of throw it for a hoe and hope it gets in somewhere well i'll be honest with you i i don't mind manual as long as on the floor i do not like it on the column i hate it sh- shifting on the column trying to find where Spe- that speaking went. of transmission i got a truck it's an older dump truck it had old six-speed spicer transmission in which they ain't made in 25 years transmission's bad needed input shaft is all it really needed was putting the clutch in an input shaft was wore out couldn't so 
finally figured out we're going to put a seven-speed fuller in it. So in order to put a fuller in, I got to change the PTO on it. So what's the PTO? That's what makes the dump bed go up and down. Oh, okay. So hydraulic this is pump. a dump truck. Yeah, hydraulic pump. Okay. So got the transmission in. I ordered the PTO. Told you know, called Muncie and told them what I had. Here's the number of the transmission. Here's the number off the gear that's in the transmission. I had to get that because you had to have that. So called Muncie and they said, Yeah, yeah, we we know what you need. We'll ship it to you. So get it there. Tuesday. It comes in Tuesday. Thomas goes up under it, puts it on there, can't get the backlash set. You gotta have eight to twelve thousand backlash. If you got more than that, it eat the gear out of it. So I called Muncie back and he said, Well give me the numbers off the shaft, the number off the gear off the PTO and blah blah blah. So I give him all that. It's all right. Put it on there to be all right. I said, Okay, when it eats this transmission up, who's gonna pay for this? Right. Not me, because I'm telling y'all. Well, we may ought to do a little more research. So. <laughs> ah, when it's their dime, they're going to do something yeah. a little extra. Yeah. So, in the meantime, I go back there. Thomas Dunn got frustrated. I said, get off my money truck. He said, get out. So, I I hobbled down on this creeper and crawled up under there. And and they're all talking to me. I tell them, look, y'all walk on off and leave me alone. So, I'm laying there looking at it. And I know it's it's 13 numbers on this PTO. Numbers and letters, and each number and each letter has a certain thing that, that how that PTO is built for the ratio, you know, for how many revolutions it turns, what gear in the transmission is supposed to run off on. So I'm laying there looking up at it. He's got it bolted to the side of the transmission, and it's flopping inside. I mean, it's it's got a quarter inch gap, and that's way too much. I'm laying there looking at it, and I happen to roll over where I can see the part number, the third number from the end. You got two letters and a number. Well, that number tells you what gear inside the transmission is supposed to run on. Well, I look up, and they've got it built to run on the second gear instead of the first gear. Oh, that's not good. So, I took take the wrench, take it off, slide it out from underneath the truck. Thomas come over. He said, "So," I said, "Pick the PTO up and go to your bench. I'll show you what's wrong with it." So he gets over there and he's looking at it, and he said, "It's built." I said, no, look, Thomas, see this number one right here? That's the number one gear in the front of the transmission that it's going to run off of a countershaft. I said, and it's built to run off the second gear, and that's why you got too much slack. And all you got to do, we just tore it apart, turned it around, you know, built it back like it's supposed to be. And then it worked. Yep, he put it on yesterday what a afternoon. surprise. I got 12,000 <laughs> backlash with two, you know, with two gaskets, two 2,000 gaskets, and, and, you know, but I had to lay there. It took me about 20 minutes laying there just looking at it. Then Ashley comes back there hollering for me. I slide out from underneath the truck, and she lights in on me. What in the world are you doing down on the ground underneath this truck? I said, I'm trying to figure the problem child out. All right. She said, you better hope Teresa don't find out. I said, I'm going home and tell her that you made me get out here. Oh, there she you said, go. no, you better not, because she's done told me you're not allowed to do no climbing, and you're not allowed to be down on your knee. But yeah, it's you right. got it fixed. I figured it out, and we shimmed it, and it's going to go home today. All right. Let me remind everybody that when you go to a bumper-to-bumper certified service center, they're going to use bumper-to-bumper parts, bumper-to-bumper parts, 24,000 miles or two-year warranty. And uh, if you happen to use their credit card, it's three years or 36,000 miles. So if the part goes bad during that time, not only will they replace the part, they will 
do all the labor absolutely free for you as well. You say, but what happens if it's someplace else in the United States and no bumper to bumper to be around? You have a number. You call that number. They'll make sure it gets fixed because you can trust the good folks at Bumper to Bumper. Final break. Let's get to that. And while we're in the break, let's find out about the traps. All right, back. Got uh, we got another car question we want to get to, and then I uh, just talking to Joe. I want to cover some stuff that I didn't know. You may not know, and uh, you'll be a, a lot better off if you know it. Uh, Deanna has a 2003 Acura. Yep. Excuse me. MDX six cylinder, three five liter uh, engine. Says I recently had to change my battery and lost radio and navigation. I found code for the radio, but not navigation. All I need is code, but don't know what to do to get it. Besides dealer charging $90 an hour to put it in for me. Help. Well, there's a, there's a website they can go to and, and get the factory code off the VIN number. Yeah, they're going to ask them a few questions about, you know, who are you and why you need it and this, that, and other. And they're going to verify that, but they'll do it. And it's minimal cost if they charge anything. I don't think they even charge us, do they, Doug? I don't think so. And then, you know, we enter the code in there, and it unlocks it. And then once the master code's entered, then they can enter a personal code, which I don't recommend them to do. Recommend to go into the owner's manual and, and under the navigation page, write down the master code. Because all these radios have security locks on them. I don't care what kind of vehicle it is anymore. That way nobody nobody steals radios anymore because if you steal it out of a – if you had two vehicles, let's just say you had two 2010 Ford trucks, and you took the radios and swapped them both, sat them side by side and put neither them in. Neither one of them would work. Neither one of them going to play. There's no point in stealing a radio because you can't put it in nothing. But if you swap them like that or say you buy a used radio, what we have to do is go in there with a scanner. We have to get the, the number off the radio, which means we have to take the radio out and get the, the number off of it. And then we enter that into the uh, scanner, and we can actually change the VIN number in the radio so it recognizes it. Right, Doug? So it can pick it up and then let it play. Yeah. But it's not going to talk unless you take it somewhere and somebody does that. Yes. And it's usually, by the time you pull the radio out and do it, it's an hour. It's cost you hundred-something dollars. Now, if they go to this Acura website, they know what the code is by the VIN number. And they'll give you that number, providing you are the owner of the vehicle. Yeah, and you have to show proof that. that you are the owner. Yeah. And like Joe said, when we do it, we have to tell them that we're a repair, you know, repair facility and give them all the information of the owner of the vehicle. Yeah. And then a lot of times we'll get an email, did it do all right, you know. Yeah, they'll check and say, were you satisfied with the service? Did the code work? Are you, you know, pleased and everything? Yeah, sure. Yeah, the, the other thing we were talking about, <laughs> if you sell your car to a used car dealership, let's say, like now. Yeah. Car dealerships are buying cars from everybody because mm-hmm. they want something to sell. Bottom line is, if you've changed any of those numbers, like the the lock getting into the car and stuff like that. Yeah, you can't get in the car. Yeah, you know, you know, some have keypads on on the outside of the door, and people put personal uh, numbers in there. But the the master number to to do that with, you got to enter it, and then you got to set it up for your personal code. If you trade it off, give the people that code or the master code because if they bring it to us what we have to do is we have to find that module get the number off that module and then identify that module to retrieve the master code and we got to go to like a ford we got to go to ford website 
Yeah, and they charge each time you go to them now. Yes, they do. And and you know, if if you if I have towed in cars, Dave, that have been traded in and they're on the car lot and they'll have three key fobs on it and five keys, okay? And they'll call me and say, Well, they we 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 traded for this, we drove it, it's been starting every day up until today. It won't do nothing. We'll tow it in and we'll go in there with the scanner and look, it says key recognition error how many keys on the key ring well we got six three of them are aftermarket right they're not programmed for the car so whoever went out and stuck the key in it and turned it tried to start it put the wrong key in it it says locked locked it out out, it'd be locked out for about eight or ten minutes but they don't know that they just say it won't start come get it we tow it in say all you need to do is take these three keys and throw them in the garbage Mm -hmm. then you're not going to have that problem no more yeah i've I've had uh, one of my good friends' wife called me. She said, "Hey, I went in a grocery store and come out. Car won't start. Won't do nothing." And I drove over it to her, and she had a wad of keys on her key ring, which that's a no-no because it yeah. wears ignition switch right. out. So uh, I said, "Which key did you use to start this thing?" Well, this one right here is one I had made. Wait, how did you get here? Well, I used this key. Mm-hmm. Put that key back in there. Yeah, car lit right up, and she looked at me. I said, "That is a non-probe." programmable key you can't use it i said it's good to get you in the door open the door yeah but and that's she, it huh? and she took it off and she said i'll solve this problem she took it off and dropped it down in her purse where she won't ever find it again but you know, <laughs> i know my wife's purse yeah but you know there again if you have a car and you don't have a programmable key don't stick the oven in it because it's going to lock it because it thinks you're trying to steal it that's, that's a fact all right so keep Keep that in mind. All right. Let's do, uh, let's see, we got 50, it's about four minutes. Uh, let me do Damon's. It's a 2011 Chevy Malibu LS four cylinder, 2.4 liter. It says, lately I've been having intermittent starting issues. Day before yesterday, I discovered by pulling the fuel pump relay out and plugging it back in, the car starts right up. I already replaced the fuel pump relay with a new one yesterday, and it just happened again. Any ideas of what the issue might be? Oh, I got several of them, but, you know, basically the relay in and out like that, the pump's going bad on it most likely. Got a dead spot in it. Just like when you crawl in there and bump the bottom of the tank, you can jar it a little bit. It's an electric motor, voltage on and off. Eventually it starts starts flowing, pumping, and then it'll run. But to get it to go, because, you know, you're looking at the the year on this, too. It's a 2011. Correct. And it's a 2.4. It's probably got uh, 100 and something thousand on it. With that mileage on it, it's going to have an issue with uh, the pump wearing out because they all wear out. It's just a matter of when. Yeah. When you buy a car, understand parts wear out. Yes. And you've got to replace them. I mean, it's more than just your brakes, too, by the way, because everybody says, well, I understand you've got to replace them. Well, fuel pumps wear out. It's water a, pumps wear out. That is a wear and tear wear item. Yeah. You know, everything on that car is a wear and tear item. And then when they replace that part, make sure it's a B2B. Yeah, a good part, you know. Uh, you know, spend a little bit more and get the best quality parts you can because how long that replacement part lasts depends on the quality of that part, Dave. All right. We're out of time, guys. Yes, sir. Have a great 4th of July. You too. Make sure you buy some fireworks and at least make a little bit of noise. You don't, we buy, you don't do fireworks? I've got no kids at home. Ain't nobody home except me and Teresa. But you're an American, right? Make some noise. I got my flags out. Be happy. I got my flags out. Be happy. There you go. Birthday. It's the birthday of America. All right. We got to get out Thank of here. Thank you, Dave. I'll see you guys next week. 
Yes, and sir. enjoy yourself this weekend. So, Dave Ellswick Show, I'll be back at uh, 9 o'clock, and we'll talk to the lieutenant governor for a half hour. We'll talk about prison reform. How about that? Here on 101.1 FM, The Answer. By the way, at the bottom of the hour, after we get done with talking with the lieutenant governor here in just a second, I want to tell you I'm going to I'm going to tell you what the Fourth of July was supposed to be like, according to John Adams. All right, I got his letter to Abigail, his wife, and I'm going to read it to you. And what one of the main founders of this nation said that the Fourth of July was supposed to be like, and uh, we kind of hit it, but. We don't do it enough the way that he wanted it done. So I'll tell you about that when we get uh, to 935. So don't miss that. But on the air with me right now, the lieutenant governor of the state of Arkansas, who is hoping to be the the uh, attorney general of the state of Arkansas, Tim Griffin. It's good to have him along uh, here on the Dave Ellswick Show. Let me just say that uh, Tim and I have known each other for low 20 years now. I got to know him when he was counting votes down in Florida during the Bush election with Al Gore. And uh, I have high respect for him, and uh, he's got great ideas for our state. And I want to talk to him specifically about about law and order, because I do believe he'll be the next attorney general of the state of Arkansas. And Tim, thanks for joining us today on the Dave Ellswick Show. Thank you for having me on. Uh, I didn't remember specifically when we had first met but um that sounds about right uh do you know what were you in broward in florida were you in dade county were you in palm where were i don't remember well i i didn't go down there i was just on the air here and i talked to Uh, you i talked to you many many times about what was going on down there yeah yes 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 boy that was a that was a crazy, heady time. But, uh, well, look, I appreciate you having me on. Uh, I, um, you're, you're a legend in radio, and uh, I, I'm out of town, but I appreciate you working me on through the phone line, and I'm um, happy, to, happy to talk with you, you know, about, about this issue that it is facing the country and all of our state. We see it up close and personal. 
the crime problem I'm referring to. Uh, we see it up close and personal in Little Rock. Uh, but make no mistake about it, uh, it, we do have a problem in Little Rock, no question, a serious problem. Yes. But this is this is a state issue. This is not just this is not just a Little Rock problem. And uh, the solutions that I've talked about a lot and will continue to scream about. Uh, I don't want to scream so loud that people can't understand what I'm saying, but I'm going to continue to talk about it. The solutions are statewide solutions, not specific just to Little Rock. And just to highlight what we're doing here uh, or what we're seeing is, you know, we had a, I went to a funeral two days ago, I guess it was Tuesday, of Joseph, I'm sorry, Jeremiah Story. He was 21 years old, National Guard member. He was a uh, corrections officer in Perry County at the at the county jail. And, you know, he was dealing with moving some uh, prisoners. And uh, one of them, I don't know how this happened, but one of them had a gun and shot him dead. And I was at the... I was at the funeral, uh, as I said, two days ago, and just a, uh, <clears throat> that that individual, that suspect, uh, a long long line of, of troubles uh, with the law. But but here's here's the bottom line, Dave. Bottom line: we have a parole system in our state that's a that that really. I guess it works the way it's intended, which is to release people, but it's a failure when it comes to keeping people safe. And the good news is we can we can change it. It is it it's been this way for a long time. I haven't heard anybody really in any consistent way talk about it until I started digging into it and talking about it to be honest. We have a system where people get 10 years and serve one or two they get 20 and serve two or three or four and the public so i call it deceptive our parole system in arkansas deceptive and dangerous why is it deceptive it's deceptive because people hear that someone got 10 20 30 years and they think they got 10 20 30 years but they did not they got a small fraction of that and then they're back out on the streets raping killing murdering you know burglaring whatever robbing and this is not something that just happens every now and then Dave. this is a this is every single day and how do i know so here's what happened about six months ago i started just i live in i live in little rock you know i i mean i'm a few minutes from downtown um, and no neighborhoods completely immune, uh, and particularly in Little Rock. But but I started saying, hey, I'm seeing all these people in the paper, murder, you know, assault, all these things. And I started, and these are just the big ones, right? Not everything makes the paper, right, Dave? Right. So, um, so these are the bigger crimes, and they're in the Democrat Gazette, they're on KATV website or whatever, KRK, whatever. And I start thinking, how many of these people are out on parole? And so I, every, so I just had a friend start pulling every 
newspaper article or online article and then running them through the traps to see how many were on parole. And all the ones on parole that were out on parole, just the ones out on parole, we started putting into a, a database. And we started finding out that we were adding one or two major, major crimes that made the press committed by someone out on parole. We were adding one or two every day, every single day. And what I concluded is, wait a minute, if you took away the crimes that are being committed by parolees, that are being let out early. If you took those away, the crime problem, we'd still have crime, obviously, but the crime problem would be significantly less and would be significantly, or it would be much more of where you would expect it to be as opposed to a crisis, right? And I started talking to sheriffs and prosecutors and all, and they go, I said, what am I, I told them what I was finding. I said, guys, what I'm and girls, what I'm finding is that we're catching these people. The judges and prosecutors are getting them 20, 30 years, and they're getting out on parole within a, a handful of years. It, it is what am I missing? Because you know, you you want to make sure your approach hasn't missed something big before you start running your mouth on the radio and TV and everywhere else. They go, you're not missing anything. <laughs> this is exactly what's happening. And it's made worse by the fact that uh, we need more state prison space, and we haven't built it in years and years and years, even as the state has grown, right? Right. So there's additional pressure to release more people. And so what has happened is you've got a, several things going on here. You've got this deceptive parole system that tells people people are being locked up for a long time, but they're really not. They're getting out. It's dangerous for the same reason, right? They're they're not locked up. They're getting out, and they're doing stuff again. So you've got this parole problem. At the same time, you've got the failure of leaders to build more prison space. So there's additional pressure to release even more than would normally be released, and what's normally released is a crazy amount of violent people, repeat offenders, talking about violent repeat offenders. And um, so now that we have the jail, the prisons are full, um, they're releasing more. And so it's making the problem even worse. And here's what's happened, Dave, and you've seen this in the press. When the prisons got full, instead of saying, okay, guys, Arkansans, we need more prison space. Instead of saying that, what people did is they just started pushing them into the county jails and saying, hey, counties, we know you're not built for felons, mass amounts of felons. You're built for misdemeanor, right. misdemeanor justice. Right? But we want you to hold our violent felons. Mm-hmm. So they started pushing them into the county jails. Now, what they've done is they, in effect, have expanded the prisons. They've just done it quietly without public discourse through the county jails, pushing them into county jails, Saline County Jail, Plath County Jail, you name it, all over the state. They're pushing these these felons from the state prisons in there and paying a little bit to the counties. So what's wrong with that? Well, number one, 
you have expanded the state prisons without telling anybody because you've just sort of stored them somewhere. Right. Number two, the state, the county jails are not equipped to deal with these folks. They don't have the programs that a lot of these people need. They don't have the, and they don't have the employees who are trained in many cases, not every case, but in many cases who aren't trained to deal with violent felons because that's normally not who you've got in the county jails, which we've seen with attacks like in Washington County and other places, it's put workers at risk because now they're dealing with people they weren't supposed to be dealing with. And here's here's the kicker. It got rid. This is going to sound extreme, but I can tell you the prosecutors and sheriffs will tell you it's true. By filling up the county jails with felons that should be in the state system, we have eliminated misdemeanor justice. What does that mean? What it means is the county jails is where misdemeanor justice is normally handled. Someone's, you know, get uh, drunk driving, simple assault, all these misdemeanors hot checks, whatever, those people normally will go into county jail because they're not felons. And the hope is, with a tiered system like that, is that you're going to help get these people straight before they ever end up in a in a prison situation. That's right. You, you've eliminated that, Dave. There is no misdemeanor justice, by and large, now. Why? Because there's no room. The county jails are full. So I had sheriffs tell me and prosecutors tell me, people who commit misdemeanors, they know darn well they're never going to get time. All right. They're never going to get I got to jump in on you. I got to get a break in. You you stay right where you're at. I know I got you for the half hour. So when we come back, I want to ask you what Kim Hammer just said to me on another show. And that is, he thinks we need to build another prison in Arkansas. Let's talk about that as well when we come back here on the Dave Ellswick Show. Uh, 19 minutes after 9 on the Dave Ellswick Show. Don't forget about our friends at ICU Protection. Billy Max, ready to serve you. Make your home safe. So you, you don't have to worry about somebody breaking in. Same thing for your business. These are the guys that do, uh, you know, uh, Nuke One down there in uh, the Russellville area. They take care of their security. And if they can take care of their security, they can take care of you. I will just tell you, I have been with Billy Mac now for a couple of months, and I love it. Absolutely love it. Somebody gets into my driveway that uh, I didn't know they were coming or whatever, Brings it right up on my uh, my uh, my phone, and I can see who it is, know who's coming to my front door, and that's a good thing because then I can know whether I want to let them in or I don't. Call Billy Mac at ICU Protection, 501-205-1333. That's 501-205-1333. And remember this, you pay for the service, but not for the hardware with ICU Protection. All right, we're talking to the lieutenant governor who's running running for uh, Arkansas attorney general, and uh, we want to talk to him a little further about his ideas about crime in the state and how he would address it if he was AG. 
And uh, I just talked to, to, to Senator Kim Hammer. I've talked to a lot of other people as well. You know, Lieutenant, or, uh, who would it, State Representative Carlton Wing, uh, Alan Clark. Uh, I talked with uh, Stephen Meeks and Robin Lundstrom and a lot of other people over the last couple of weeks because we're only six months away from the uh, General Assembly again. And they all agree that we've got to build another prison here in Arkansas. What do you think? Uh, is that going to be a big fight, do you believe, to get it done? Well, absolutely need to build one. Needed to build one a long time ago. Uh, look, I hate the fact that we need to, but uh, people that people that earn a place in prison need a place to go. Uh, the answer, people say, well, we can't afford that. No, 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 let me be real clear. We can't afford not to do it. You want to chase jobs away to other states? Let the crime continue to soar. You mm-hmm. want to continue to deal with the consequences of crime, of counseling and broken homes and and sorrow and all the stuff that goes along, higher insurance costs? We can't afford not to do it. Yes, we need a prison. It should not be a fight. It should not be a fight. And I'm lieutenant governor now, so I'm not waiting. I mean, that's this is not put campaign aside. I'm going to talk about this. Whether I'm look, I'm a I live here. I'm a taxpayer. Right. I love where I live in Little Rock. I've been on the same street for 21 years. I'm not moving. I'm going to fix this stuff, and I'll be darned if I'm going to stand by and and let these people, some of them on our, our side of the aisle, uh, release dangerous people out into the community because a lot of this stuff is driven by repeat violent offenders. If you think our prisons are full of hot check riders, dope smokers, and shoplifters, then you're wrong. You're completely wrong. But I had one prosecutor tell me, you got to fight to get into state prison. And what he means is they're so packed, you have to do something really bad. I mean, because the space is so limited. Look, the 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 governor just had to release uh, what was it four hundred? Is about four hundred prisoners in the emergency through the emergency release mechanism, and they put out a list of who those people were. Those weren't a bunch of shoplifters, hot check writers, and dope smokers. I mean, heck, dope smoking is hardly illegal. Right. In the state now, I smell it going down the road. People pass me smoking pot every day. It's unbelievable. But I'm telling you, that's not who's locked up. They're releasing serious criminals, violent criminals. We have got to have more space. No question about it. Not even debatable. And for these liberals that go, oh, we don't need more space. Let me tell you something. We've, we've already created more space. We just did it quietly mm-hmm. in the, in the county jails. Really, the first the first point of order is to take the people that are in the county jails that don't belong there and put them back in the state prison so that they can get the help that they need and so they can be in the security environment that they need to be in. But you got to do that only when you create some room. Um, look, uh, and this is what we got to do on criminal justice. We've got to get like the federal system. No question about it. In the federal system, they don't get everything right, but they get this right. As built former Attorney General Bill Barr said, 
in his book, there's only one system in the country that criminals are scared of, and it's the federal system. Yeah, that's true. Because it's because they have an 85% minimum. So if you get 10 years in state prison in our state system, you're probably out in a year or two. We had a guy, sexual assault of a minor. He got 12 years. He was out in two years, 24 months. Wow. That's our system. The federal system, 85%. 85%. That means that you've got to do eight and a half. If you get 10 years in federal prison, you must, must absolutely do eight and a half years. What if I'm an angel? What if I'm great every day? Eight and a half years. You can get up to 15% good time. What if I'm awful? You will do the full 10. Yeah. If you have additional criminal violations, you'll do more. If a lot of these murders, I'm telling you, Dave, a lot of these murders, a lot of these rapes, a lot of these burglaries, et cetera, you know, we all know it. these stories of person goes in, gets out, goes in, gets out, goes in, gets out, has a rap sheet a mile long. Then he kills somebody high profile, like a police or something. People go, how da, I mean, how'd that person keep getting out of prison? Yeah. Well, the only reason you know about them is because they finally killed somebody that got everybody's attention. But the truth is, and those type of people are being released every single day. The only reason you don't hear about the others is because they hadn't done something to be on the front page yet. All right. They killed someone. Anyway. Lieutenant uh, Governor Lieutenant, Lieutenant Governor Tim Griffin, i got to cut you off. We said a half hour. I'm going to hold myself to that. We'll, we'll set it up for you to come back on. Everybody remember, Election Day is in November. He'll be running for AG. You like what he's hearing? Then you want to get him elected. Tim, thanks so much for your time Thank here. Thank you. And tell, tell your elected representatives that this is important. All right, back with you. Don't forget about Hillcrest Designer Jewelry. Eric Coleman wants you to know he stands ready to take care of all your jewelry needs, whether if you're going to buy a wedding set or uh, engagement set, he can help you with that. He's got all kinds of loose stones. He can help you with choosing one of those stones for a wedding ring or whatnot. Uh, if you got a real estate uh, sale that's going on, bring the uh, jewelry in and let him appraise it for you, and then he'll either give you the cash for the appraisal or you can get a little extra uh, for uh, that jewelry by spending your money inside uh, Hillcrest Designer Jewelry. They've been around, by the way, for 40 years. And uh, they've got all kinds of brands in their showcase. You can look and buy from them. Or if you want something that's custom designed, uh, Eric can do that for you as well. If you need something repaired, he doesn't have to send it out. He can do it for you right there on the premises of Hillcrest Designer Jewelry. They're located 3000 Cavanaugh in Suite E. They're open Monday through Saturday, 10 to 6. And uh, if you want to call and make an appointment, Eric, here's the number, 501-246-3655. Great place to go to buy your jewelry. That's Hillcrest Designer Jewelry. And I've known Eric for a long time, and the man knows what he's doing. All right, I promised you that I would tell you how your 4th of July should be celebrated. All right. I told you I was going to do that. And I am right now. Uh, Adams, uh, who uh, 
you know, John Adams, not Sam, John, who uh, was one of the main uh, people that helped push uh, Jefferson to write the Declaration of Independence and to get the uh, the country split off from uh, Britain, uh, wrote to his, uh, his wife, Abigail, and here's what he said. He said, uh, the second day of July 1776, that's when they voted on it, by the way, but there, we celebrate on the 4th of July, will be the most memorable epoch in the history of America. I am apt to believe that it will be celebrated by succeeding generations as the great anniversary festival. How should it be commemorated? It ought to be commemorated as the day of deliverance by solemn acts of devotion to God Almighty. It ought to be solemnized with pomp and parade, with shows, games, sports, guns, bells, bonfires, and illuminations, or fireworks, from one end of this continent to the other, from this time forward, forevermore. There you got it. He laid it all out there, didn't he? He gave us it all. He said, pop and parade with shows and games and sports and guns and bells, bonfires, fireworks from one end of this continent to the other from this time forward forevermore. So keep that in mind. So when you're out firing fireworks off Monday, John Adams is smiling. All right. He's smiling. Just remember why you're firing him, okay? Don't think it's just you're firing him just because you like him. It's because you're celebrating the birth of uh, what became the greatest nation here on earth, still is the greatest nation here on earth. I'll argue that point with anybody. And uh, fantastic, fantastic 4th of July. I hope who everybody who's listening today will remember that and I'll uh, I'll read that again tomorrow as we go into the 3-day weekend for the 4th of July. By the way, uh, tomorrow uh you know Robert Steinbach will be on, Chris Corbett will be on and uh we'll of course talk to Matt Smith. I don't know if Steve uh, is going to be on about the Travs, but if he is What better thing to talk about than one of the great sports that's played on the 4th of July, and that is uh, baseball. So we'll uh, we'll talk about that tomorrow uh, as as well. All right, so since uh, I've been off uh, the air and during the time that that half hour that we had on the uh, uh, lieutenant governor, uh, some things have happened. News is broke. Here And uh, that would be that we've had two more Supreme uh, Court decisions uh, that have uh, dropped, uh, and, and they're big. They're, they're real, they are big ones. So uh, let's cut right to them. Here's the first one. The Supreme Court has now handcuffed President Joe Biden and um, other presidents on their climate strategies, ruling that the EPA has only limited authority to regulate carbon dioxide from power plants. The ruling means that President Biden will face huge obstacles 
in addressing climate change through executive branch action. On top of Democrats' failure to get a climate bill through uh, Congress. So uh, that's the first decision that was made. Uh, West Virginia and a few other states took uh, the Biden administration uh, to uh, tasks, to court, and now the Supreme Court has ruled. Also, the Supreme Court has rejected a major challenge to President Joe Biden's effort to shut down President Trump's Remain in Mexico program that forced many asylum seekers trying to cross the U.S. border to return to Mexico to await hearings before U.S. immigration judges. In a 5-4 decision, the other one, by the way, was 6-3. In a 5-4 decision, the justices ruled that federal immigration law does not require the Biden administration to detain all asylum applicants pending rulings on their cases. Chief Justice John Roberts and Justice Brett Kavanaugh joined the court's liberal justices in the majority, while the other conservative justices dissented. The decision did not rule out other legal challenges to the Biden administration's move to wind down the program. Keep that in mind because there's still a lot of litigation to go on uh, before they just get rid of that program. Uh, That's important to know. But that EPA decision is huge. It really is huge. I've argued for a long time that uh, laws like this should have to be passed by Congress and not by the president and not by a non uh, you know, voted on uh, regulatory agency like the EPA. And today, the Supreme Court saw it my way as well. And uh, this is going to put a kink in it for uh, uh, for the government just to willy-nilly run over everybody. And it also means that I want to be interesting to see how many um, uh, coal-fired electric plants will fire back up now here in the United States, as well as, you know, Wyoming, who has uh, enough coal under the ground in that state uh, to last us 500 years if they're going to have the handcuffs taken off of them uh, to be able to supply that. A lot of uh, litigation still, I'm sure, on that. But with this decision that's been handed down it's an uphill struggle uh for the the liberals and the progressives uh and their green new deal here in our country i got more that we'll uh, talk about i want to remind you about david lucas and what he's doing for you because he's offering you a real deal here if you'll call them uh they will teach you how to handle your purchases of silver and gold. Um, Do you need silver and gold? Well, uh, think about that the uh, stock market right now is down almost 500 points, that we've gone through two quarters now of negativity uh, for GDP. This last one is 1.6, negative 1.6. And when you start seeing a couple of those things lining up, means a recession probably is in the offing. So you're going to want to protect your nest egg. And inflation just keeps on firing up. 
So uh, you're going to need some precious metal. Uh, the people that we've had on talking about this say probably about 15% of whatever you have saved should be converted into uh, precious metal, silver, gold, platinum, whatever it is that you're going to buy. But buying uh, you know, those metals uh, is different than buying a stock in a bond. So call 501-222-3315. 501-222-3315, and let David Lucas Financial help you learn more about buying silver and gold. Number again, 501-222-3315. Investment advisory uh, uh, services are offered through David Lucas Financial and Arkansas Registered Investment Advisor. All right, let's uh, finish it up for a uh, Thursday. Tomorrow, uh, Robert Steinbach, Chris Corbett, we'll have a lot to talk about. Uh, We've got these new Supreme Court cases that have dropped today. We'll talk about them. Uh, The one about the EPA, that's a big one. I'm just telling you, that's a really uh, big, big uh, decision. That 6-3 decision limits how far the executive branch can go enforcing new environmental regulations on its own all right so uh, keep that uh, in mind and then uh, you've got uh, the whole thing about remain in mexico and what does that mean on uh, for the border policies that are going on um, on the south border right now with mexico i would say not much because the the uh, the president has basically just thrown the door wide open down there so uh, we'll talk about that with them as well and then uh, matt smith to talk about what's coming up this weekend as far as movies your kids are going to love it i'm going to go see the kid movie tonight and that is the new minions movie i love the minions and the rise of Gru. i'm going to go see that this evening i'll tell you about it tomorrow here on the show but uh, right now let's go back and talk a little further about this epa decision uh that the uh uh, the Biden administration now has been dealt by the Supreme Court. And uh, it's very, very interesting what's going on here, because basically what you've had, you've had the president with just by uh, a, uh, you know, a, a, a movement of his pen uh, changing the rules that, you know, major multimillion dollar corporations have to rule by. And uh, the Congress not even involved in it. And the Supreme Court is saying that cannot continue now. Uh, You can't overhaul entire industries without congressional approval. Quote, capping uh, carbon dioxide emissions at a level that will force a nationwide transition away from the use of coal to generate electricity may be a sensible solution to the crisis of the day, according to Chief Justice John Roberts. But it is not plausible that Congress gave the EPA the authority to adopt on its own such a regulatory scheme in Section 111D. A decision of such magnitude and consequence rests with Congress itself or an agency acting pursuant to a clear delegation from that representative body. 
The case stems from the Obama administration. I mean, this goes back some years now. 2015 Clean Power Plan, which aimed to reduce carbon emissions at power plants. The plan was blocked by the Supreme Court in 2016 and then repealed by the Trump administration, replaced by the less extreme affordable clean energy rule. After President Biden took office, the ACE rule became the subject of litigation that led to the D.C. Circuit Court of Appeals vacating that rule as well as the repeal of the Clean Power Plan. The Biden EPA, however, has stated that it will not reinstate the Clean Power Plan, opting instead to develop and implement its own plan. The question of how much power the EPA has was based on a provision in Section 111 of the Clean Air Act, which grants the EPA power to set standards of performance for existing sources of air pollutants as long as they take into account cost, energy requirements, and non-air health and environmental impacts. The Trump EPA, in repealing the Clean Power Plan, took the position that Section 111 only let them determine measures to be implemented at the physical power plants themselves, quote, an inside defense line restriction, and not broadly applied measures for entire industries. Similarly, West Virginia and other states claim that Section 111 does not allow the EPA to go so far as to make rules that would completely reshape American electrical grids or force industries to eliminate carbon, carbon emissions altogether. West Virginia's argument is based on the, quote, major questions doctrine, unquote, which says that even though federal agencies generally have broad rulemaking power as delegated by Congress through the statutes that create them, when it comes to issues of major economic and political significance to the country, those statutes need to have clear language to support the agency's action. Without clear language, they would need new legislation that specifically grants them the power to carry out their actions. The Biden EPA claimed that the major questions doctrine did not apply in this case, arguing that there was no issue of such great significance. Har, har, har. Uh, During oral arguments, Solicitor General uh, Elizabeth Preloger asserted that there cannot be a major question because there is no current rule in place. Additionally, the administration argued that there is no major question because the U.S. ended up meeting the Obama administration's carbon goals even without the clean power plan in place. So uh, it's going to be interesting to see what this means. Uh, But it is stripping power away from the EPA, which is a good thing, I believe, just because those people aren't elected by you. You don't vote for the people who work for the EPA. You vote for Congress. And I've always said that if uh, the EPA wants to pass a rule, I think that it needs to come through Congress and be uh, agreed upon with a a vote of the Congress, a congressional vote, which is, uh, since that's your representative, it would be a representative of the people of this country. That to me is the way you do it. That way you can let your congressional representative Uh, your senator, 
your congressman, congresswoman, uh, know how you feel about it. And if they uh, go against it, uh, you can vote against them in the next election, that they're up for re-election. And that's the way this should be all taken care of. Because with the EPA making the decision the way they do, you have no say whatsoever. They don't represent you. They represent themselves. So this is going to make uh, make for some real uh, decision making uh, on on all of this. All right, it's really going to make uh, it's going to be interesting to see what goes what goes down. All right, Dave Ellswick show. I told you what's coming up tomorrow. Uh, I'm I'm getting this ready for the three day weekend that's coming up tomorrow as well. I'm going to go see a movie tonight so I can talk about it tomorrow, and I'll tell you whether. I think that you should take your kids to see it because it's a, a PG movie. It's the Minions. So I'll uh, I'll tell you. I've heard that it's hilarious. That it's just very, very funny. And I'm looking forward. I've liked all the other uh, Minions movies. I remember taking my uh, grandson to take the one that, this one that was in 3D. And at the end, they were messing around with a ladder. And it looked like the ladder was sticking right out of the screen. And the guy was hanging, one minion's hanging onto the ladder and was trying to keep from falling. And he was just laughing his head off. He had a great time. So a big bucket of popcorn tonight, Diet Coke. And in the middle of uh, row E is where you'll find me over at uh, Cabot at the VIP Cinema at 7 o'clock to watch the minions. You can watch it, too. Come on over. Join me be a good good movie to go see put a smile on your face i'm dave ellswick back with you 6 a.m tomorrow morning robert steinbach chris corbett will join me see you then J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records of the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.